All right. You're going to hate this. This is the best joke I could think of. Hi, I'm Tanner Richard Taft. <laughs> Hi, I'm Austin Zwiebelman. Rain Conversi. I'm Joseph Rennick. This is this is by far the best opening. Like I'm not Thank being sarcastic. You. I'm not being sarcastic. I, I love it. <laughs> it's like up there in my top five favorite. If the only thing that would have made me better if it if if me throwing my phone against the wall actually made it into camera. That's okay. Today, if you couldn't tell by the classic Rita Ora Iggy Azalea song Black Widow, we're talking about Marvel Studios' Black Widow. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Which is fun. I forced Rain to see it with me Friday mm-hmm. in theaters. Renick saw it in theaters. I think even Austin saw it in theaters. IMAX. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. We did it all right, baby. The movies are back. 90 million domestic or something. I don't know. You said that a couple weeks ago, Tanner. The movies. Yeah. <laughs> the movies. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, but before we talk about our thoughts on the Black Widow movie that just came out, let's uh, talk about our thoughts about the character Black Widow. And, you know, she's dead. But what did you think of her entire journey in the MCU up until now? We'll start with Joe Vrennick. Of course. Ugh, fuck. Um, Black Widow is kind of a complicated character to describe because on the one hand, um, th- th- there's this aura of, like, mystery to the character that kind of keeps you intrigued and then you also have like on top of that you have Scarlett Johansson kind of adding like layers to the character that like makes it interesting through her performance so as far as like her journey through the MCU goes it's like I kind of like I wouldn't go as far as to say I love the character because I know there's like a ton of people that love this character I would say I like the character However, the, the most frustrating thing about it was up like up until now, one, she did not get her own movie, and two, we did not delve deep enough into her character. A lot of that stuff was just kind of left a mystery, and I wanted to know more. And they just kept like passing out like small like piecemeals of uh, of that character as the MCU went along. And I'm like, this isn't enough. Give me more, damn it. So yeah, uh, Black Widow, I like the character. It's just frustrating that up until now, we did not get to know much more than the small little nuggets of information that we were given. I, I, I wanted to know more backstory. And this is what we get. All right, that's fair. And what do you think of her death? Uh, <sighs> All right, moving on. Ring Conversi, what do you think of Black Widow's <laughs> okay. journey in the MCU up until now? I can't, I've always, I remember um, reading, like, like when I was in elementary school, like, there'd be, like, Guinness World Record books. Um, I thought it'd be, oh, it'd be neat to be in a Guinness World Record book. I'm about to be in one, the Guinness World Record for fastest opinion on Black Widow. Perfectly okay. It's whatever. Scarlett Johansson does a good job with the character, with what she has. There's really not much to say. This would be like trying to be like, how do you think, what do you think of Samuel Jackson's character? What do you think of that guy in the suit that died in the Avengers, but didn't, but stay alive in the show, but then I guess is still dead in the movies. Phil Coulson, fuck you. I don't know names. That's the running gag. That's my running sarcastic gag is I can never <laughs> remember names. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a great show. I have nothing to say. It was like, she's just, she, you know, she does her job well enough, I guess, supporting other characters. 
bouncing back on other characters, be it through Winter Soldier or what have you. I'm sorry, that's all I got. Sexism at its finest. Austin's Weevilman, as the big, biggest misogynist on the planet. What do you think of... <laughs> I'm kidding, Austin's not a misogynist. What do you think of Black Widow, Austin? The thing that comes to my mind whenever I think of Black Widow every single time is always that scene in Avengers 2012 when she's strapped to a chair, dangled over a pit, some general dude is about to come torture her with, like, pliers, and then the bad guys get a call from Coulson, and he's like, here, but put, put Natasha on the line. And so they give her the phone, and he's like, hey, baby, you got shit to do. What are you, what are you doing? And uh, so Natasha's <laughs> like, oh, excuse me. And she proceeds to use the chair she's tied to as a weapon to defeat all of these guys, as Coulson is shown just kind of sitting on the line as the shit pops off. That scene always is the standout. Other than that, I, I it's a lot like Rain. I, I found a lot of her uh, use as a side character while serviceable to not necessarily be uh, like mesh as well as everything else. I found her romance with the Hulk to be a little bit confusing when it initially happened. I did think it was cool when she betrayed the globalists in Civil War. And her death scene in Endgame was, uh, it was silly because I think it was the first time in a movie that I had ever seen a competitive suicide race. Like, no, I'm going to kill myself. No, I'm going to kill myself. But that was that was odd at the time. Sometimes it feels like darkly comical how much Black Widow has been sidelined. Like, had this happened to any other actress other than two-time Academy Award nominee, global mega babe Scarlett Johansson, this would feel like a massive <laughs> fuck-up. Like, the Age of Ultron toy line um, had less Black Widow toys because an exec blocked that. The scene closing out a romance with the Hulk in Infinity War had to be cut for time. And now she's getting this sort of goofy two-hour movie when other characters are getting six-hour shows. I, I think that she's fine. There's nothing wrong with her. I just think she's kind of been done dirty. And I guess I'm thankful that she at least had that scene in Avengers where it felt like she shined as bright as all the others. I'm more or less on the same page with Austin. I think Black Widow is maybe her at her best in that first Avengers movie. Shout out to, you know, really, it's that first Avengers movie onward. And Iron Man 2, you could cut her from the movie and nothing of value would be lost. Oh, no. Um, Literally nothing of value would be lost if you cut Black Widow out of Iron Man 2. She does nothing in that movie. What are you talking about? She sets up the Avengers. <laughs> um, but Avengers Onward, I think she's an interesting enough side character. Again, it's only because she never really got to be the focus of anything that I felt like she never truly got to be developed as much as I would like her to be. Really, in Infinity War and Endgame, I, th I remember, especially Endgame, I remember it being weird how she kept being like, this Avengers, these Avengers, this is my family. And I was like, I don't know anything about you. <laughs> but this is kind of weird. But, you know, I, I buy it because ScarJo is such a good actress and you, you buy it because of that is really what helps sell it for me. But other than that, I mean, she's a decent enough supporting, interesting side character. But uh, actors like ScarJo, I mean, get, it's like they just knocked that one out of the ballpark and went, let's get the person that everyone thought should have been nominated for doing a voiceover performance in her. Let's get that lady. Let's just go over the top with it, uh, knock it out of the park in casting, and then we'll kill her before she gets her own movie because Ike Perlmutter is a monster. Please insert that weird shadowy photo of him with Trump here. Um, Ike Perlmutter is a monster. Photo, one of the only photos of him. Dude has like 10 photos after the year 2000. It's insane. That man is such a recluse. But I was excited to see her get her own movie because I thought she's always deserved one. She's a good, engaging, interesting character, and it's about damn time we got one. So 
I guess this now transitions on our next talking point pretty perfectly. Rain Conversi, what do you think of the movie Black Widow? It's a pretty decent, it's another Marvel movie, which is to say it is, I mean, in short, I guess it ultimately amounts to the overall quality of most Marvel movies. So take that will you will. If you like most Marvel movies, you're going to like this. If you don't like most Marvel movies, you're not going to like this. There's certain things better, it is certain things worse. I guess if you're trying to just be like, kind of dry about it, boring re- review, man, you'd be like, oh, it's got better action, dumb, dumb plot, dumb, dumb villains. Oh, man, I don't like talking. What are my thoughts? Why do you make me go first? I hate you, Tanner. Yeah. Um, I did this exactly. Why? I need to keep you guys on your toes. I ask him the same question every day. You know what I will say about this movie? This is a great, this is a, a Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow movie second, and a uh, blonde lady, who's her, what's her name again? Florence Pugh. This is a Florence Pugh Black Widow movie first, like a uh, introductory movie to her, like in her role in the MCU in the future uh, going forward, to be honest. It's an odd movie, like for for like seeing like it being released now of all times. It's just I'd say that's like just the biggest opening hurdle uh, you have to uh, deal with coming in. It's just very just an odd time for them to make this in the timeline. I get I suppose it's a perfectly serviceable uh, spy action movie with some good humor when it's there. Except um, they handle it better than most Marvel movies, where it's not just completely where it's not unnecessary. Like every joke that's there, I'd say is like. Well timed, especially everything Florence Pugh's character has, which is like a rye wit to her that really lands. And I'll save my other thoughts for later. Austin, what do you think of this Black Widow movie overall? This Black Widow movie? Uh, this Whack Widow movie? So the opening was pretty Boo. cool. The opening was pretty cool. Watching this family go from eating trash 90s food in the primetime Nickelodeon era to, um, you know, picking bullets up off the floor and running from uh, armed police in a small plane off to Cuba. Mm, fucking loved it. Then they show me this badass sort of HBO style montage with like child trafficking in it. It felt like some weird, like early Marvel is still owned by Paramount pushing the borders of PG-13 shit. Because in an ideal world, every Avenger would have a distinct style to each of their films, Right. And the Black Widow style could be this, like, excessively dark, very gritty sort of uh, spy thriller thing, you know? Like, maybe the darkness would make it stand out. But instead, what I got was some dumb bullshit with empty platitudes about family, high school textbook geopolitics, and the most squeaky clean PG-13 former assassin I've ever fucking seen. Florence Pugh tells Black Widow... That little girls looking up to her is fucked up because she's actually just a really excellently trained assassin. When that line came out, I was fucking stoked. Now, you want to know how much they explore how darkly fucked up that is? They don't! Natasha is a church mom who is hilariously haunted by one death she didn't even cause. Spoilers! And I guarantee you Black Widow has killed a bunch of other innocent people, but this movie's not that movie. All of the family shit kind of bothered me, which is hard to admit because all of those characters and those actors are people that I really want to like. But there's questions when you finish it. Like, what made the mom flip between when they arrived to that barn and she narked on them and after that dinner when Natasha had a little talk with her in private? What possibly made the mom flip to the good side? How did any of what David Harbour did redeem him? Any of that... 
And where the fuck is the falling action in their arcs? I was talking about this on the way home, how in like the final scene of the movie, they're just like, thanks, Natasha. Bye, Natasha. And I was like, it would take one line to give them somewhere they want to go after this. And they didn't give us that. Black Widow sort of felt like a Captain America movie from years ago that doesn't fit in with this newer, like cooler shit that Marvel's been putting out, in my opinion. Marvel discourse on the podcast. Uh, Joe, Joe Vrenick. Uh, we'll skip over you because you're boring. Uh, so, no, I'm kidding, Joe. What are your thoughts on Black Widow? <laughs> First off, you get that. Um, secondly, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Austin's making me ask questions now. <laughs> Holy shit. No. Um, no, you're supposed to be the guy that likes it the most. Don't back down, you coward. So, uh, well, that's kind of what I want to talk about. Because uh, we, we talked about this yesterday. I think out of the four of us, I came out liking this the most. I'm not going to lie. The more the more that I think about it, I think the biggest hero of this movie is the pandemic that canceled it. Because <laughs> 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 here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. I have suffered Marvel fatigue. I, I, I have to admit that. I, I didn't really like any of... I, well, I did like Infinity War, but I've showered on it a bit since. Anything really post-Black Panther, I have just not been a fan of, and I was just getting tired of Marvel. And a lot of it has to do with just their style. Everything just began to feel same-songy. Visuals are, eh, whatever. I was honestly sick of Marvel. And then this Black Widow movie was supposed to come out in 2020. Kind of rolled my eyes at it. I, I've always wanted this, but... Now I don't. <laughs> I, I, I would much rather go see a, a sequel to, I don't know, fucking Shazam or some shit like that than a Black Widow movie mm -hmm. now. Then the pandemic hit, and for an entire fucking year, we didn't have a single goddamn Marvel property. And I think that was enough to just kind of rejuvenate an interest in Marvel again, because since the pandemic, since the beginning of the year, we ha we've had so far three pretty good Marvel shows. One of them, I think, is the best thing Marvel's done in a hot minute. That kind of also boosted the excitement. And then I just go in and just kind of expect another Marvel movie. And that's pretty much just what I got. The trailers for this just did not look that interesting. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it wasn't... None of the marketing really sold me on the movie. And again, it, it made me bummed because I, I felt like this character needed their own movie for the longest time. And I was like, this is what we're getting? Fuck. I guess walking out of the theater, I, I came out very pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm not entirely sure how this movie is going to hold up after the next couple of days. It, it's been 24 hours since uh, I've seen it as of recording this podcast. I don't know. It, it might just be an, a in-one-year-out-the-other movie. It, it kind of feels like it, but I don't know. I guess it was just good to see a Marvel movie in theaters again. That's just kind of my overall take. I just went in. I had a fine time. What about you, Tanner? For me, I, I kind of went in with very little expectations. I am the opposite of you. I do not have Marvel fatigue. As anyone who knows me knows, I am balls deep. And Marvel has me by the fucking balls. Kevin Feige, I, if Kevin Feige asked me to kill a man, I'd say where. He asked me to jump, i say how high, that sort of deal. Uh, I am fully committed into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I understand it's the Death of Cinema, something, something, Martin Scorsese, something, something, Pufferfish. Uh, but, so I get it. 
I, and I, I most certainly understand the critiques of Marvels and the larger thing of how studios are going either super big budget or super low budget on everything and the mid-budget movies slowly dying. I get all that, but I still love Marvel. It's It makes me feel like a kid again. It makes me feel it's my fun thing. It's comfort food. But even beyond comfort food, I genuinely think the Marvel movies have had really good, really interesting movies. The first Avengers movie that we brought up earlier, that is a movie that made me want to be uh, in the entertainment industry, you know, that's what that movie started me on a journey that led me to where I am now. So, you know, that movie is very important to me. And I think these Marvel movies can say interesting stuff. I genuinely think Black Widow has some interesting stuff to say, just thematically. There are some interesting themes with the dehumanization of women and the commodification of them. I thought it was interesting that the villain was just Harvey Weinstein. I think that was an interesting uh, call. <laughs> uh, I was surprised that they got him out of prison for it. <laughs> Sorry, Ray Winstone. I think the movie is more interesting as a thematic piece. And Ray and I were talking about this when we got out of the theater. Marvel, as always, excels in their character moments. That dinner, when they first meet up with the mom again, and it's like that dysfunctional sort of family dynamic that was, I think, the highlight of the movie for me. With Marvel, it's always the character stuff I appreciate more than the action, but I did like the action in this one. I thought it was better than, like, The Winter Soldier. Again, a movie I love, action-wise, but Winter Soldier can get way too shaky sometimes for me, and I, I Joe Vernon could probably rant for hours about that. Oh, um, I'm so. not a fan of that Winter Soldier. <laughs> But there's a lot of good stuff going on here. ScarJo is good in it, of course. All the actors are good. I liked the movie. I gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd. I think it's around 14 for 15th in my MCU ranking. It's a good movie. I like it about as much as I like F9, which may seem crazy considering last week I was screaming about F9. That's because, again, that exists in its own own quadrant of space-time that Marvel movies don't exist in. Um, <laughs> F9 is your heroine, and this is like, that slow-mo drug from Dread for you. Yeah, that, you know what? I'll go with it. I'll go with that. Uh, F9's more cocaine, I think, than heroin, though. Fair. Um, heroin slows you down. Cocaine speeds you the fuck up. So, switch my analogy. F9 is cocaine, black I'm not comfortable with the drug jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with this. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a good movie. Again, I liked it, but... I do think, and Rain tapped upon this earlier, it has a problem where this doesn't feel like a Scarlett Johansson Black Widow movie. It feels more like an origin story for Florence pew, 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 pew movie. Um, Fuck you, Tanner. She pew, 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 pew with the guns, remember? It feels almost more her movie than it does Scarlett Johansson's. But I think this kind of ties up ScarJo's arc. It makes Endgame real funny, though, where she's like, the Avengers is the only family I have. When, like, five years earlier, she's like, yeah, I got family. I got these Russians. I got David Harbour, who looks hot as hell at all times. Uh, but, again, I think this movie uh, excels in character work. And I think, again, the themes of the dehumanization of women, domestic violence, all that stuff, I think the movie works stronger thematically than it does on, like, the surface. I just think a lot of the surface level stuff could, it's fine. It's just not exceptional is really where I'm at with it. But I guess this kind of ties into our next question with me talking about Florence pew, 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 which the next question was sort of our favorite characters. And I guess as an aside to that, do you think Scarlett Johansson got sidelined in her own movie? Austin, I think we'll start with you for this one. In the uh, prompts we were given before this, uh, there was a, a parenthetical that Florence Pugh is cheating. Is it? <laughs> so, 
while I would normally you can say, pick Florence Pugh. While I would normally that say was a joke. Zach Braff's <laughs> girlfriend. I have to uh, go with what I wrote. This is because of the Florence Pugh clause, but uh, for deeply personal reasons, my favorite idea for a character that was in this movie is definitely Alexei, the Red Guardian. Uh, a Soviet Captain America is as exciting to me as Isaiah Bradley might be to people of color. Not to mention, part of me wants to like David Harbour because we're both recovered alcoholics and inherently goofy dudes. That said, the screenplay gives him a few too many unlikable beats. It asserts American stereotypes about Soviet Russia and the Russian Federation as facts. But man, there's just enough good stuff in there that that piece of shit is my number two. For the record, the Florence Pugh clause was a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, do you think? But I guess this the side question: Do you think she was? Do you think ScarJo was sidelined by Florence Pugh? I think ScarJo was one of the more boring characters in the movie. Everything we were promised about how like rough around the edges she's supposed to be, I don't think Marvel movies are inherently capable of tackling. Like, she has a majorly dark past, and they have to sort of, like, make her into a martyr because she died in Endgame, and they're still trying to sell her toys to kids. So exploring that that premise that Florence Pugh said, where it's like, you're actually a monster that's being perceived as a superhero. Your past is dark and horrible. Like, they couldn't go too deep into that. They have to have her just be like, no, I'm an Avenger now. I want to talk situations out. I stand for good in everything. And, and I'm, my, my days of killing, I did, only one of those haunts me. So, yeah, I, I think ScarJo was sidelined by, sidelined by a lot of this movie, actually. I mean, she's cool. She's not anything like particularly noteworthy in this movie. And as a standalone origin story, I think we got better shit for like Iron Man, Cap, all of those. Ant-Man even was a better origin story than this. I, I, I like Ant-Man, so I would agree with that. Rain. Yes. What is your favorite character? Parenthetical also. Do you think ScarJo was sidelined? Go ahead. So um, I guess I want to touch on what Austin was saying about Red Guardian. I would... I gotta say, he was very entertaining, but, like, he didn't do too much for me, for me, like, past that, like, just, like, like as far as just, like, a source of laughter. And and also because it's just, like, the idea of, like, the Soviet Union having to have, like, their own um, true value, uh, Captain America, is, is funny to me. What I was going to say, what him and just, like, the, the Russianness in general of, of this movie, it just reminded me if, if someone... Like Tan- the way Tanner feels about Italians, if you got someone who felt like that towards Russians and then then had them write a movie, this is what that movie would be. Like the, with the, how cartoonish they are about Italian. I mean, with with how they are about Russian people. That's how it feels at times. I had some uh, like a few Russian friends in high school, or at least I knew a few Russian people. I wish I could have sat down, uh, watched this with them, like see what they would have had to say, uh, what they would have had to say about this. As far as individual characters go, I um I genuinely could not think of like a more interesting answer. I can't think of a more genuine answer than Florence Pugh. It's really I don't just it's really interesting just seeing like like the becoming of what's probably going to be like one of the great actresses like of our time. It seems like like happening before our eyes. I think that's really like amazing. And also, I'm angry because she's only like a year or two older than me. It's like dang it, stop being successful. God, I'm never going to amount to anything. You're never going to be uh, Zach Braff's uh, boyfriend. You're never going to date JD from Scrubs. I'm sorry, Tanner. That was too far. Listen, I want to be... No, no, that wasn't far enough. That wasn't far enough, Rain. I want to fuck Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, she just... She gets all the best lines. She just... Also, I think it's funny that um, she was actually able to have, like, a Russian accent that 
as far I'm awful at telling like good accents, but as far as I could tell, it seemed like a decent Russian accent. It wasn't like the kind of cartoon one that uh, David Harbour had, and it wasn't the oh I can't do it for more than like. 30 seconds one that uh scarlett johansson has to the point where they just like give up on having it <clears throat> for a character period yeah she just and she just gets all the best lines she has the best performance i can't like i'm at first i was like oh like because i figured oh she's going to be the black widow replacement that just seems kind of shallow that's that's my thoughts coming in but i'm ex- actually excited oh let, let's see I'm, let's see what's going to happen especially with the post-grad scene like what her setup's going to be for the next thing we're probably going to see her in but Scarlett Johansson. Something interesting I gotta say is, even though she's sort of like this, I wouldn't say the straight man, but she definitely, she is definitely not as uh, interesting as you would think of a movie where she is the supposed to be the main headline would be. But there's one thing I think is re- um, that was really interesting. A moment that in another like spy movie would just be kind of whatever, but because of the context of Black Widow being a character who's always just like there to support other characters' arcs, they're always there to like enhance the plot of another character's movie. The fact that there, the scene and the scene I'm talking about, I probably should have mentioned that first. The scene where she's just alone watching um, some spy movie in her um, in her RV and she's just like uh, reciting the lines, like oh, that just seems like kind of a standard thing. But just just it's like literally the only time we ever really see her alone, just like vibing, just being herself, like just like her own interior life. I don't think there's any other moment in the whole series that. So there's a lot, a lot of novelty in that, and I feel like there's a greater point I be, could be coming to, but I am not um, in regards to her character with that point. I just wanted to point that out. Also, uh, wait, do we have a thing about Taskmaster? I forget, is that a, a I, mean, I, I was actually thinking if I should improvise a question like that because I realized we didn't bring him up, her up at all. I'll give a little thing about Taskmaster because that, that would probably be, like, my second choice behind Florence Pugh. It's interesting. I was worried that they were... I had an interesting journey. At first, I was worried they were going to change characters and kind of like just like the simplicity of just like, I don't know, just like this classic villain who's not evil, just like they just like money or whatever. That sounds very shallow because I don't know why. I just I kind of like that, just like that classicness of it. But um, and as watching the movie, it became very clear that's not going to be the character at all. I was a little disappointed that I thought I was like, you know, there's like 10 million other Marvel villains, especially Spider-Man villains, where they could keep that gimmick. So I'm not. So there's no reason to be upset. And also, it's not it's not that original of a thing. And honestly, with what they're doing, like, I thought it was a, they did a good job, like, incorporating it, like, keeping it streamlined to the movie, uh, to the story they're trying to tell and to the uh, ideas. I, don't know, I, I think it was, it was honestly just more interesting, too, than comic cast members. I know a ton of people are super angry. Let's be honest, if they would have made him a dude, I don't think people would be nearly as upset. I think a lot of people are just like, this isn't my taskmaster just because it's a woman. All right. Um, Joe, favorite character. If it's Florence Pugh, it's Florence Pugh. That's fine. But favorite character in your spiel about Taskmaster? I'm going to actually start off with the Scarlett Johansson bit of it. In my opinion, Scarlett Johansson is very, she's very serviceable in this movie. But yeah, I do feel that she gets sidelined by Florence Pugh. Like I, that's the frustrating thing. Scarlett Johansson, she gets her own movie and she's serviceable in it. Like, she doesn't do a bad job in the movie. She looks killer in white. The, the problem is she's just surrounded by mu- a much more interesting character that's also a lot more charismatic than Scarlett Johansson in this. Like, sh- she's pretty stoic throughout this. And I was just like... <sighs> at the same time, it's like at, at one point here, I'm like, okay, I want them to take these Marvel movies a little bit more seriously and stop with, like, the nonstop quips. But at the same time... <sighs> I kind of missed some quips. <laughs> I, I, I could have used a bit more from Scar Joe. All right, Joss. <laughs> anyway, um, 
I would say my favorite character in this, and I'm not going to go too deep into her because everyone's just kind of had their piece on Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh is my favorite character in this. However, I want to give uh, two notable shout-outs, um, and I'll start with the shortest uh, uh, answer to this. I want to give a shout-out to uh, the character Mason, the guy that's just going around getting shit for Black Widow, probably the real MVP of the movie. <laughs> it's like He's just having to go through so much shit, is constantly tired. But hey, he comes around at the end, he gets ScarJo a jet from, like, shield or whatever so a fucking quinjet yeah a quinjet he finally lived up to his promise so he actually went through an arc um and now here's my piece on taskmaster so rain had mentioned that there's people that are like not my taskmaster those people can get fucked because <laughs> all right here's my spiel on task taskmaster comic wise i fucking hate that character that character in the comics is so <laughs> Basically, that character is, I am great at all of these fighting styles known to man, and I can adapt to whoever I'm fighting's fighting style, like, literally seconds as I'm fighting them. That gets old really fucking fast, it's not that interesting, and that's all that fucking character has to them. And I don't fucking know why Disney has been trying to push Taskmaster as, like, one of their, like poster boy villains. It has driven me nuts because I think that character is so fucking dumb and boring. This movie completely fucking takes that, subverts it, and actually tries to tie it into some themes that the movie like tries to tackle. And I liked it. And I'll also say this, I kind of predicted who was going to play Taskmaster just based on the opening credits. Because um, I had no idea that Olga Kurilenka was going to be in this movie. And I, I just saw that credit, and I said to myself, she's Taskmaster, isn't she? And then, sure of fucking enough, they take the mask off. Olga Korolenko is uh, Taskmaster in this. Yeah. yeah that, that, that was a fun bit of prediction, and I'm actually kind of happy that they took a character that I just fucking cannot stand and made me like them. They did something new. So, so good on you. Uh, who directed this again? George Soros. It was you. Uh, Kate Shortland, <laughs> a.k.a. Joseph Rennick. Kate Shortland, good job. You, you, you made me like somebody that I didn't like before. Um, Scarlett Johansson is about the eighth most interesting character in this movie. Yeah, straight up. I think Florence Pugh, which is uh, my favorite character in the movie, is more interesting. Uh, David Harbour, a.k.a. Red Guard. David Harbour, in the opening scene when they de-aged him, uh, is the horniest I have felt in a movie theater in years. David Harbour is a very, very sexy man. All right, straight up, hot as hell. God damn, be gay. After David Harbour, it's probably... Uh, Rachel Wise, I actually really liked her character. And the funniest moment of the movie for me was when she just made the pig stop breathing. <laughs> and she's just like, <laughs> she's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Peter's going to have a field day with this movie. Oh, God. Uh, after that, uh, I, I liked uh, what's his name that uh, Joe brought up, the guy that gets the Quinjet. Because I just love the characters that go get the stuff in these movies. After that, it's Taskmaster. You know, I love Taskmaster. After that, it's a Harvey Weinstein. Uh, again, Ray Winstone, I'm very sorry. Tanner Craft loves Harvey Weinstein. And then uh, after Harvey Weinstein... Oh, God, I'm canceled. And then it's Scarlett Johansson. It really just feels like there's a movie happening around our main character, unless, like, there's a main character worth noting. Other than that, though... Uh, like Austin was saying, uh, David Harbour's Red Guardian is my Black Panther as a socialist. Um, 
Uh, I thought it was very funny that he had knuckle tattoos that said Karl Marx. I pointed that out in the theater. Uh, Joe, uh, I just want to say the opening credit scene real quick. What the fuck was that cover? It smells like teen spirit. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, Florence Pugh's a great, interesting, charismatic character. David Harbour is also a very funny character who's a bit too much of a piece of shit, but he's hot as hell, so I'll forgive it. Uh, Rachel Wise, pig dead. Anyway, very briefly, guys. Rain, what's your favorite moment in the movie? Oh, man. So, obviously, a good Katerin would have to be the bit with her, with uh, where we get to see the pigs because the pigs are cute. But then, enhanced when Tanner uh, told me, hey, look, they they got some cops in this movie, like some cop representation, finally. I'm oh, yeah, when, I said, when the pig showed up to the table, I said, finally, a cop. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And then um, the most bewildering scene in any Marvel movie is when it became a tra- like a standard uh, 2010s trailer with a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. I could feel a uh, 13 year old me just like just like seething, like just like and just yelling furiously out- right outside the theater. It's a weird experience. But yeah, like unironically uh, favorite moment would probably be the one I said earlier where we just got to finally see this character that we've known for like over a decade. We we finally get to like one semblance of like their interior life. That was kind of novel. Yeah, no, that's fair. Austin, how about you? Favorite moment says has you the thing. From an action sense, it's the scene where Scarlett Johansson and Taskmaster are fighting on falling debris. They're in free fall from high in the sky, and they're fucking using the debris as a Smash Bros. arena. I've always wanted to see a scene like that ever since I was 10. I can't believe the movie to do it was Black Widow. And then in a what-the-fuck-is-happening scene, uh, it's when Dracov says, The only natural resource the world has too much of. Girl, yes! (laughs) I lost my fucking mind. People in the audience were laughing. People in my theater were laughing. Like, what the fuck did he just say? That was the weirdest line. Yeah, those are those are the two ones that stand out. Um, And ironically, I think it might just be when Florence Pugh shoots the heavy machine gunner from in the helicopter. That one actually got a rise out of me. And uh, that's that's all I got to say. Joe Vranick, favorite moment or moments? Shout out as many or as little as you want. I will be as lightning round as possible with this opening scene uh is fine despite it being a cover of smells like teen spirit i liked those opening credits probably some of the more disturbing footage i've seen in a marvel movie i'm a simple guy yeah thank you um (laughs) anyway i'm a simple guy i like prison breaks so that prison break scene was very fun i think that might have been the best action scene in the movie for me florence Pugh with a fucking rocket launcher is always cool and you know what I'll even say this. I liked the uh, scene where they all get together finally and they're at the dinner table as adults so they're kind of reconnecting. And I even liked the final act. But as dumb as some of the action was, the, I actually kind of dug the final act of the movie. It was it was fun. Uh, for me, there are a bunch of... Or go I ahead, Ryan. So I had one more thing. I did uh, want to say, I'm not sure how people feel about the whole um, bit where Scarlett Johansson had like deal with the pheromones. But I do really like just like the ballsiness of her just like fucking slamming her nose on the ground to try and uh, oh, stop the God. pheromone thing. I like I dug that. That was the first thing I was going to bring up, Rain. Damn you. Fucking uncut gems. Nose breaking. I love the scene where she just breaks her fucking nose on the table. Uh, Rain and I were talking about this. Marvel's yeah. figured out just how far they can bend PG-13 violence, which I'm here for. Uh, let them say fuck, though. I want to hear them say fuck. Uh, moving on beyond that, I think my favorite moment overall was probably, again, the more quieter moments. 
I really love the scene at the dinner table where they finally reconnect for the first time. And, you know, I, I kind of talked about that earlier, so I'll keep that brief. I just love that scene. I also love the scene where they're drinking beers after the chase sequence. And, you know, they're just outside that thing. Though, I pointed this out to Joe. They break the 180 rule in that scene? They do. It's very weird. It, it's like such a, like a weird, like, what, how do they fuck that up? I don't understand. It, it was distracting. But I actually do love that scene and that little spiel about how, like, you, you your husband's a school teacher kind of thing. I, I was like, I was into that. Uh, in terms of action, my favorite scene was the chase sequence in Budapest. I thought that was a very exhilarating action set piece. And I was super into it. Chase scenes are cool. I like chase scenes. Austin's giving me, like, the dirty Quentin Eastwood squint eyes. Budapest. No, it's, it's Budapest. Budapest. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> then I want to shout out the after credit scene and how, uh, man, they lucked out having Falcon and the Winter Soldier come out first because <laughs> in my introduction to Valentina was her sneezing during what was the most emotional moment of the movie for me. I don't think I would like her as much. I do want to say, though, something magical happened when uh, in that movie where she was like, sorry, I'm allergic to the Midwest. I said, yeah, and I swear to God, in the back of the theater, someone just said, yeah, in the exact same inflection and tone That's of voice as me. Hell yeah. yeah it did. <laughs> Like the, the, there was like a weird like like yeah we in the Midwest we hate it here. There's a reason Rain's escaping. This is gonna be Rain's last podcast in St. Louis. It's wild. When we see him again, he's gonna be like hot and sexy and rich in L.A. Um, <laughs> just Photoshop him on Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Anyway, um, but the action scene I love the Budapest. I did like the falling through debris moment. This is a good, solid, fun Marvel movie. You know what else is good, solid, fun in Marvel? Dennis Julia Carter. It's trivia time, baby. Uh, not as much interesting stuff going on here uh, beyond the fact that, let's see here, Gardner Hansen in the marketing for the movie said it's in its own genre along with Logan the Fugitive and T2 Judgment Day. It's kind of in its own genre, I think. Right. But, I mean, some of the movies that we talked about, you know, we talked about Fugitive, we talked about Logan, Terminator 2. Okay, these are good reference points. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck? There were... A Several people considered for the Florence Pugh role, including uh, Alice Englert, Dar Zuskowski, uh, Florence Pugh, of course. Some of the other people that were considered were Cerise Ronan. Oh. Saoirse. Did I say that right? Sassery. Saoirse Ronan. Oh, never mind. Uh, little women, little women. And speaking of little women, the front runner for this part was Emma Watson. Oh, that would have been bad. Yeah, thank God they went with Florence Pugh, am I right? Uh, so fun fact... There was actually a Black Widow movie that was supposed to happen in 2004. There was a script written, and it was set to be directed by the man that Nathan, that wrote the script. You want to know who that person is? It's Joss Whedon. Yeah, isn't it? Wait, I have a better idea. No, it's David fucking Hater, the voice of Solid Snake. What? what? David <laughs> Hater almost made a Black Widow movie. Isn't that insane? I see the connection, I guess, um, but that's so weird. This is uh, Nicole Perlman, who was the co-writer of Guardians, right, Joe? Mm -hmm. I believe so, yes. That's the woman who wrote a draft before Gunn came in. Yeah. Uh, she wrote a treatment around 2010 and 2011, so there's been several attempts to make this movie. This is David Harbour's third comic book film. One of them's Hellboy. Do you know what else he was in? Oh, yeah, he was in Suicide Squad. He was oh, in yeah, Suicide, he was Squad. Suicide Squad. I forgot about that. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Who was he? He was like one of the. He was. Uh, I don't remember. He was like one of the white. He was <laughs> guy in suit. And this film contains two Oscar winners in supporting roles, Rachel Wise and um, William Hurt. 
according to leaks on the internet, a William Hurt scene was cut in the third act that also included Robert Downey Jr. Um, apparently, Iron Man was in this movie, but the scene was cut. Because if you remember at the end where she's like, I'm going to face the cops, and then it just cuts to two weeks later and how weird that felt. Yeah. Apparently, there's a whole scene with William Hurt being like, we're going to bring you in, and, and Iron Man basically shows up like, nah, let her go. This is apparently cut because Marvel wanted to minimize William Hurt in the movie, who Marvel's apparently trying to distance themselves from because they're expecting his um, allegations to resurface at some point. So there's that. This is the eighth film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be filmed in, in on an anamorphic lens. And the final piece of trivia I want to shout out, Chloe Zhao was at first considered to direct this film, but she wanted to do internals instead. Oh, yeah. That's it in terms of trivia. So, I should have ended with the David Hayter thing. That was the most insane thing. But uh, final thoughts on Black Widow? We'll start with Rain. I got You got nothing? No. <laughs> the, this is a movie. Yes. Uh, I said David Hayter in Solid Stake, and now Rain just wants to play Metal Gear. Austin, final thoughts on Black Widow? I wish you'd gotten a TV show. This was okay, but it could have been better. And Vrenik, final thoughts on Black Widow? It's fine. Uh, I agree with Austin. I think a TV show might have done this better, but it, yeah, it's fine. I think this is a solid movie. It's a good movie. I think it's worthy enough to be Black Widow's movie finally. It's just a goddamn shame that Ike Perlmutter, a literal Nazi, made us have to wait this goddamn long. But you know what you don't have to wait for? We don't have to wait for you to finish watching this podcast. This podcast is almost over. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you're listening on any of the audio platforms we're on, please make sure you leave a review so we know exactly what you think of it and it helps boost us in the algorithm. If you're watching this video on YouTube, thank you very much for watching it. Go ahead, go down to the comment section below to let us know. What do you think of Black Widow as a character? What do you think of the Black Widow movie? Do you think she's sidelined? Comment below and let us know. While you're down there, hit that like button so we know how much you like us hit the subscribe button so we know how much you love us and hit the bell icon so you can know exactly when we upload new videos thank you very much for watching make sure you tune in last week when we talk about space jam a new legacy which will be a lot of fun or maybe a train wreck let's see i haven't seen the movie yet it's getting okay reviews thank you very so much for watching and i will see you guys next time peace bitches bye